Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Starting for, sorry for starting a couple minutes late here, folks. John Schmelk and Jeff Fiegel's with you. The, the toddler was not very cooperative as I tried to get down to the basement to do the show. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff might not know that feeling today, but he knew that feeling about 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I apologize yeah. for the lateness. Uh, we will take you to 105 just so we get the full hour in. Um, thanks, everybody, for being with us. Again, there are multiple ways you can get in touch with us right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live so go to hashtag Giants Chat. You, of course, have the new phone number, 973-667-1960. Again, it's 973-667-1960. Or you can go to our form on the Internet and submit your questions to Giants.com slash podcast slash BBK questions. And make sure you tune in and um, you can send your questions in there. We'll get to them over the course of the show. We actually have a really busy show today. Not sure how many questions we'll get to. We'll, of course, take your calls, though. Uh, so please, again, give us a call at 973-667-1960. And just a reminder, we only have one line, so if it's busy, just keep trying. Um, it means somebody's on. We'll eventually get to you once that person on hold um, gets off the line and we finish chatting with them. So, Jeff, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Lots of stuff going on, Johnny. We're getting close, right? Yeah. Sounds like uh, things are moving in the right direction. Absolutely, no question. Um, we'll talk about that. But first, um, I wanted to read, and I didn't have the guys do it yesterday, but I wanted to read it. Um, the NFL released a statement uh, late last week um, in regards to everything going on in the country. I just want to read the statement from Roger Goodell um, because I think it's appropriate and I think it's important. So uh, we'll read this, and then we'll move on to some of the stuff more related to football. Uh, it has been a, This is from Roger Goodell again. This is a transcript of the statement that he put out um, on Twitter and all the other video feeds that the NFL has. Uh, late last week. It has been a difficult time in our country, in particular black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and all the families that endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic, the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. I personally pro- protest with you and want to be a part of the much-needed change in this country. Without black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can move forward together for a better and more united NFL family. Uh, We just want to echo those sentiments. And, of course, that, Jeff, mirrors what the Giants said um, in their statement that we read a couple of weeks ago. We stand behind both statements uh, in full. Obviously, you know, racism is no place in this country. It's not what the country stands for. And we hope that everyone can come together and we can um, help together solve this problem. Sure. Yeah, the big thing is listen. Yep. Listen, you know, Roger Goodell said that what we do is need listen. Yep. Um, and that's that's a big part of this is understanding and listening and more listening. Nope. That's important. Yep. And then um, action to, to, you know, get things uh, get things better for everybody. OK, so now, Jeff, we saw some stuff come out of the NFL um, in terms of getting the league going again. Let's touch on that real briefly. Lance and Paul did a lot of that um, on the show yesterday. So I want to spend too much time on it. We are going to go into our over unders in terms of uh, the Giants' wide receivers and tight ends and what their totals might be this year. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll get into that. Did you, um, did you get a chance to get their take on our over-under with the quarterbacks and the running backs? I did. And it oh, was good. actually okay. very varied answers in really? terms of um, okay. overs and unders on that, stuff. So. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we, we could talk about that later in the show okay. if we have time. I think we might have went a little over-inflated on Barkley's receiving numbers because everyone went under on those, including me and you. So maybe we pumped those up a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. You know, Zeke Lally had 70-some catches last year, so maybe we didn't. I don't know. So we'll see. Okay. Anyway, here's the stuff from um, – and I'll just read a couple tweets from Judy Batista, okay? Yeah. And um, from the memos that got sent around the league yesterday. So the one thing that I thought I wanted to kind of touch with you on, Jeff, because yeah. I think it impacts specifically how players, how, you know, kind of operate day in, day out in these facilities that were important. Um, some of the details are important to me who work in an NFL building, but for the people outside the building, it really isn't that significant. Um, so Judy Batista, one of the most interesting details, to me at least, uh, teams had to reconfigure their locker rooms to allow six feet of space between player lockers. Good. Um, 
Well, well, it is good, but here, here's the question. I've said that. I've, I said that. I said that funny because some people need six, six. Feet. Well, they do because the some slops. people are really messy. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> but and you know, by the way, this also includes visiting locker rooms for games. Mm, wow. Okay. So yeah. let's so let's think about this in two ways. And this is the one thing I want to touch with you on. Your player also, you're not supposed to have meetings of more than twenty people. So there goes your offensive defensive team meetings, right? So. How is this going to work, Jeff? Because you physically, if you put six feet between players, you cannot fit all the Giants players in the Giants locker room at the same time. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. There's physically not enough space. So is this a deal now where you're going to have to stagger people in that locker room during the week so you only have certain people in there at once, and that's how you can kind of keep that distancing? So maybe you have the offense in there at some point, then defense Mm. at another, and that's how you kind of split it up? You know what? Listen, right off the top of my head, it makes me think that they're going to have to find some space. <laughs> well, you know the Giants facility, <laughs> there ain't no and space unless they're building lockers in the field house. Well, what about – that's a, that's where I was going. Um, you know, could you do something out there? Um, it, yeah, there's not any space, you know, in, inside. We know that. Maybe a temporary structure outside maybe? Something like that? Well, I think it's kind of, it's definitely something that has to be talked about. But if that's the protocol, and then it, it carries over to the, the stadium, I mean, they're going to have to find, they definitely could find some space over there to build. Hey, look, in MetLife Stadium, it's easy because you have the, the, yeah. you have the two locker rooms that are next to each other, yeah. and you can split players up that way. That's not going to be a problem. Mm. But <laughs> you know what the Redskins visiting locker room is, don't you? Mm hmm. I yeah. mean, you are literally on top of each other in that sure. place. Some of these newer yeah. buildings, they'll figure it's, it out. But these older buildings, Jeff, exactly. there just isn't room. It's, they're going to have to go outside. They have all the parking lot. It's, it's just going to be a logistical nightmare. It's going to cost a lot of money, but um, it has to be done. And Which I mean, is right, worth it, by the way, to keep the player safe. Well, of course, and you right. have to. Um, you know, right here in our own backyard, it's going to be a, a little planning that goes into it. So, yeah, it's, it's and the thing that. I, I, the the lockers okay you can kind of get away with that because the lockers are just for people that don't know this the locker room is a is a place to hang out a little bit mm-hmm. not much but you do um, it's a place to shower and it's a place to just take a take a breath you leave your meetings you go back to your locker there's interviews and then you go back to meetings you go to practice and you come back so it's not like it's just kind of like a, a temporary space. On the meeting rooms, or you spend more time on the field than in meeting rooms. So, John, when you had mentioned only 20 people at a time in those meeting rooms, I, I guess you would have to maybe have the veterans do remote and the rookies are in, in the classroom, or offense, defense. I don't know. I mean, this is a lot of, a lot of brainstorming going on. No really question is. about it. All right. I, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. It's and, and very How about the meetings in terms of, you know, those meeting rooms aren't huge in terms of the position groups. You can probably figure it out, but then you get into the defensive team room, the offensive team meeting together. That's going to be another deal where maybe they're going to have to figure out a way, even when the players are back, that some of the stuff is going to have to be done remotely with guys not in the same, not in the same room. If well, that's what I was saying. Like maybe, you know, like let's just say offense and defense. you got the whole offense, 25, 26 guys, and you're only allowed to have 20 of them in there. Well, you could probably space 25 guys out in the Giants auditorium, but when Joe Judge has his team meetings, and look, teams have full team meetings. Mm-hmm. That, it, that's, mm-hmm. Maybe you mm-hmm. set up chairs in the field house and you spread them out. I mean, there are different ways to do it. That's a great point. I, I I think that's probably where you would have to go. You'd have to go in like almost like where Eli had his retirement. You know, you right. set up chairs and a stage. That you was know, exactly what there. I was thinking, honestly. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. I mean, I don't know how else you're going to get fifty or ninety guys in a room. Yeah. To have a team meeting unless you, you did half of it remotely and half of it live. Hey, look, just... these NFL teams have a lot of resources, Jeff. They'll figure it out, but I don't envy the people that have to figure it out. You know what I mean? Well, just like everyone in this in this country right now, everybody is overworked right now because in this situation is so new to everyone and having to deal with these types of situations is just the way the workforce is these days. And, yeah, you know, a lot of it falls upon, you know, uh, some people that just have more responsibility, and it makes it tough on them. It really does. Really does. This is a this is a this is a tough one. It, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of stuff that has to be figured out here, including like meals and you know. I'm reading through this Albert, you know, the note that I got off of the internet that you're talking about, and it's food service stuff is also different. Oh, how just, they're going to serve you food yeah. and and how you get in into the building. Um, almost like you, we all know when we go to the supermarket now, there's the one way areas. You know, that's what they're going to have to do in the facilities now. You're only going to be able to go one way and uh, just it's just going to be different, really different. But you know what? 
here's the good thing about from a player's perspective, guys will adapt. They, they have to. The saving grace will be on the football field. That's where they're going to be able to have a little bit of reprieve. You know, that's going to be a little bit more back to normal because um, I, I haven't heard any, and I didn't read all the way through this, John. Is there any, this is just a facility. Has there been anything mentioned about practices and on the field stuff? That's, that's the interesting part. I think everyone has to wear masks except when they're doing, you know, athletic activities, that sort of thing. So look, it, it, it's going to be a different world, Jeff. They'll figure out a way to do it because they have to. And, you know, there's a lot of motivating factors involved here to, to get this done, to get on the field. So it's going to be tough. It'll be different. It'll be weird. It'll be strange. You know, I'm sure we're not going to have any media in that locker room for the foreseeable future. Uh, just my guess because you got to keep people away from each other. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's going to be a strange, strange deal. So thank goodness we have the technology that we do, Jeff, to make this possible. Yeah. Because if we didn't, you know, if this was happening 15 years, even 10 years ago, you didn't have these like, you know, video chat functions yet no. 10 years ago so you, yeah you'd have to you basically would have you do conference you calls do. and you have to like send physical playbooks all right go to page seven look at this and then yeah. that's that's what you would have to do would be a right. mess yeah that's right and you know i think probably interviews are going to be done you know through through a microphone and a podium um yeah, and or zoom and zoom yeah that's just the way it's going to be. I'm sorry. Well, whatever software that the teams use, I don't know what the Giants use for that. Some so. tele telecommunicating device. Correct. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get to over unders, Jeff. So, all right. G- generally speaking, uh, for our, our past ones, Detino was under on most of the Daniel Jones stuff because he thought they would be running the ball a lot more. I was over on a lot of them because I felt like the defense would give up points and they would have to pass to catch up. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's, so that's kind of how I looked at it. Lance was kind of half and half. Um, Barkley, most of us were, me and Paul were over with you on the rushing attempts and rushing yards, which was 314.50. Lance was under on the rush yards, but over on the carry. So I guess he doesn't think he's going to be very good yards per carry wise. So, and then everyone was pretty much under on the receptions. Lance's math on his rushing yards and carries and rushing yard and that sort of stuff was different. But, uh, there were two things actually to ask you, Jeff. Well, let me ask you a question real quick. So the 66 receptions Mm -hmm. was our over under number for receiving, right? Was that 66 and a half? Yeah. You you picked over the three of us picked under on that. But see, in 2018, he had 91 receptions. Yeah, I know. And last, last year he had 52 and he missed four games. Yeah. So I don't think I don't know how everybody's so crazy about sixty six being such a high number. No, you know what? That's right. You're, that's fair. I think maybe the six hundred yards maybe was a little bit high because well, all see, of us picked under on that. But okay. Oh well. Yeah. It happened. Well, I still think they're I I I think they're good numbers. I think they're good discussionary points. We all know? picked under on the eleven and a half rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I, that, I, that that's a little bit high. I was on I the think. fence there though, Jeff. I almost went over. I think that's going to be really close. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think the high – well, he had 11 and, and 18, so – All right, finally, and then I need this number for you. We had, I had everybody predict the number of total scrimmage yards Saquon Barkley would have. I need that number from you. I picked 2050. Detino picked 2200. Lance picked 2045. I'm going to go over 2000. Okay. I'm going to go 2050. So that's what I picked. You got to pick something a little bit different. 2051. <laughs> it's like you, the price is right. You got, you, that's what Lance picked 2045. So this sucks. This isn't fair. Lance is at 2045. I'm at 2050 and you're at 2051. If I somehow win this thing, you guys got to take me out to dinner. If I get within that two-yard window where I yeah. win this thing, yeah. I want a meal. Okay? Yeah, then gonna, I want a meal. We're going to go back to Elias and, 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 and go make sure that they go back and correct any of these yards that he got. Yeah, I should get a job as a freaking soothsayer if I win this thing. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, receivers. You got Golden Tate, receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. I don't think we need to do anything besides those three uh, for these guys. So mm-hmm. let's try to figure out receptions. And, Jeff, if you look at Golden Tate's career, he's been remarkably consistent except for the past two years. Remember, he was having a really good year for Detroit. He got traded to Philly, and then he had a lot of trouble kind of figuring out a role there. Yeah. And then last year, he obviously missed uh, those games. He only played in 11 11 of the Giants' 16 games. So he still caught 49 passes in those uh, 11 games. But the years before that, 
listen to this string of years. Uh, from 2017 going backwards, 92, 91, 90, and 99. So mm. he had a lot of catches <clears throat> for Detroit. He had 74 in 2018. If you extrapolate his 49 from last season, that comes out to about 70 or so mm-hmm. catches. So where do you think he lands this year? What's a good over-under number for him? What do you think, like 73, 75, higher than that? What do you think? Remember, the ball's going to get spread around a little bit, so we have to keep that into consideration here. But I, I still think that I still think that Daniel Jones trusts Golden Tate. I think he will be the Giants. I think he will lead the Giants in receptions this mm-hmm. year. And I, so, do I, you think so too? I like I like not receiving yards, receptions, receptions because of the slot. You know, getting yeah. those quick ones. But I like the number for some reason. Seventy-one pops in my head. I don't know why. Okay, so let's go seventy-one and a half. How about that? Yeah, you like that number? I do like that number. Are you? Would you go over? Yes. Okay. Would you not go by over? Much, though. I, I would go. I would go over. Yeah. So should we go? Yeah. So should 70, we make it seventy-two and a half then? Would you go <laughs> over seventy-two and a half? Well, see, I think 75 is the number that I think he's going to get, so yes. Okay, so let's make it a little higher then. Let's make it... 73 and a half. Oh, you want to be really aggressive, huh? Mm-hmm. Let's see what those guys... They're okay. going to go under. I, I think I'm going to go over. I think I'm going to be with you on that one. All right, so you're going over 73 and a half? Mm-hmm. Okay. Receiving... God, I hope he still stays healthy. Well, well, you he always has, Jeff. You go yeah. through his career, you remember last year he missed games because of the suspension, mm-hmm. but not because of injury. So he played all his games. He's a you tough know, dude, too. He played yep. 15 in 2018, and the years before that, Jeff, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 15, 16. Yeah. That guy yeah. does not miss games due to injury. So mm-hmm. he's going to play. He's a tough guy, to your point. So mm-hmm. I, I agree and, with and, you. It, and go to that point, you know, Sterling misses some games. Um, Darius Ingram. Slayton is young. He's not a big dude. He'll Ingram probably miss misses some games. games. Yeah, so I think the durability from Golden Tate might – he might be able to pack on maybe 15 extra catches over the course of the season because of those other guys out of the lineup. Yeah, because he'll be playing in games where maybe they're not. That's right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay, receiving yards. This is a little bit tougher. So he in 2018, he had 795, all right? He had 1,000 the year before that, 1,077 the year before that, 813 the year before that, 1331 the year before that, then 898. In his last season with Seattle, he had 795 in his split 2018 season. Last year, he had 676, but he averaged 61 yards per game. So if you average that out, Jeff, over a 16-game season, uh, 61 times 16 is about 960. Mm -hmm. So he around 970 yards um, if he played all 16 games last year. So where do you think he lands this season? 900. What's a good over number, over-under number? I like 900. You like 900? I do. Let me think. If he goes 75 and he averages, he's been pretty consistent over his career, 11 yards per catch. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. So I'm six, good with that. 16 times 90, right? Oh, yeah, wait, no, I think that's me. good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, 16 or nine. What did I say? 900. Well, you thought he would have 75 catches, right? 900 divided by six, 16 is 56.25. That's just under his average of 60 something a game. Yep. So I like that number. All right, I'm gonna pop it a little bit. I'm gonna put. No, nah, I think 900 is good. I take it back. Let's go 900. I'm good with that. So we're I talking see 73, going 73 and a half, and 900. Was that it? Yep. And then how many receiving touchdowns? Well, first of all, are you going over or under 900 receiving yards? I'm going to go I'm going to go under. Okay, I like it. Okay, now touchdowns. Uh Tate has not been like a touchdown fiend over the course of his career. I'll go backwards again. Last year 6, then 4, 5, 4, 6, 4, 5, 7. So he's never had more than 7 and never had fewer than 4. So we have a pretty <laughs> So we got a pretty well, how about five and a half. But <laughs> Jeff, you took the words right out of my mouth. There we go. Five and a half. I think that's good. You going over or under five and a half? You know what? I'm going to go over. All right. I, I feel. I feel like. I feel like the uh, Jason Garrett is going to find a way to get get him the football um, in the red zone. You know, Darius Slayton is a tall guy. Evan Ingram is a target, and maybe Golden gets some catches. 
So Yeah, he might have some long runs after the catch, things yeah. like that. So I agree with you. Okay. Uh, do you want to go Sterling Shepard next, or do you want to yeah, go Darius go Slayton next? Let's go Shep. You want to go Shep next. Okay. So let's start with receptions. Obviously, you know, Sterling is more of a high reception guy, not as high yardage guys. He's played two 16-game seasons. In those years, he had 65 catches and 66 catches. Ironically, in the two games where he played two seasons where he played fewer games, he only played 11 games in 2017, but had 59 catches. So that is like five and a half per game. And then last year, he had 57 catches in <laughs> 10 games, which is 5.7 catches per game. So if you extrapolate that, you're looking at 90 catches over a 16-game season <clears throat> if he stays healthy. Even though it was two 16-game seasons, he only had 66 catches. You know what I mean? It's one of those weird little dynamics there. Yeah, and what rather than go with those numbers, I got to go with the consistent numbers. And the 66 and 67 are the two 16-game seasons he played in. Well, look, over his career, Jeff, he's never had fewer than 57 catches, never yep. had more than 66. Yep. So that's a pretty narrow window. And for him to get 90, and I've got, you know, we've got Shepard getting, I mean, Golden Tate getting 73. Oh, no, I agree. I think I was just giving the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah. not going to put it that high. I, I, I'm almost, I'm almost willing to give Shepard the same amount over under as Golden Tate. Now, I want to make a it a high. little bit, I want to make it a little bit lower than that. Yeah. I, okay. So why well, don't we the, make it? How about make it 69 and a half? I was going to say, because his high is 67. How about right? we make it 67 and a half? Yeah. Actually, 66 was his high. So why don't we make it, we can make it 65 and a half. Okay. You think that's good? Yep. And I will take the, um, the under and I, the, and I'll tell you why I'm taking the under, not because I don't think he's going to get the football. I just think he's going to miss some games. Okay. That's fair. Receiving, and I hope he does it. Receiving right. yards. His totals in, totals in his career. Last year, he actually had his career low in terms of yards per catch at just 10.1. The year before that, 13.2. year before that, 12.4. year before that, 10.5 yards per catch. The yardage totals, 576, 872, 731, and 683. So I think that he will be the, like, you know, short, mid-range, third and five guy. I don't think he's going to be a big downfield guy necessarily. So I think about, you know, 11 yards per catch is probably what you're looking at. So I think a good, maybe like 700. Do you think that's good for receiving yards for him? A little higher, seven, 730 maybe? Um. I'm I'm definitely in the 700s. I'm just I don't know how high or how low to go in there. So I I mean, well, the way I look at it, it like we put his over under catches at 65, right? And let's say he averages 11 yards per reception, which I think is a pretty decent number for that, right? Mm -hmm. That would put us at like 720, give or take 715, something like that. All right. So what about how about 730? 730, like? 7.30, and if it is 7.30, I will go under. Okay. Well, if we make it 7.20, would you still go under? Yeah. Okay, so let's make it yeah. 7. So let's make it a little bit lower then. How about 7.10? Would you still go under? N <sighs> okay, well, okay, then it gets tough. Yeah, because because of what I just said, I, I just don't think he's going to play in all 16 of those games. Okay, so, so I'm, I'm going to make it 7.20. I think that's a good number. Then I'll go under at 7.20. Okay, I'll make it 7.20. Okay. And then how many receiving touchdowns in his career? He's had three, four, two, and eight. Four and a half. Is that too low? I was thinking about making it three and a half, but I think four and a half is a good number. That's a good number, and yeah, if he gets it, it's a good season. Good. Yeah, over or under four and a half for you. There, I, For some reason on my notes, John, I don't know where I got it because I, I did these last week. Mm -hmm. um, I have a projection somewhere. It might have came from Pro Football Focus. Uh, somebody put out 66, 763, and 4.8. Huh. So you're going to over? Those are four. So, so those, yeah. I'm going to go over because somebody said 4.8. <laughs> somebody said it. Jeff clearly <laughs> only going by the experts and really putting a lot of thought somebody into Somebody said it. I'm going to go over. Somebody said it. Okay. I'm going to go over. All right. Let's go to Darius Slayton here, Mr. Fiegels. Mm -hmm. um, got one, not a big sample size for this guy. No. And he, again, he played in 14 games last year, but as a full-time receiver, you know, probably closer to 10 or 11. It's hard to really, yeah. you know, do projections because of that, because he played few snaps earlier in the year, played more as he went along. So it's hard to really, you know, 
to it's hard to extrapolate these numbers to a full season, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, but last year, again, 14 games, nine starts, 48 catches, 740 yards, 15.4 yards per catch, and eight touchdowns. So this to me is a really tough one here, Jeff. I'm happy we kind of left this for last. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel like he's going to be fewer volume of catches, but more yards per catch. Yeah, Do you want to give him a higher or lower over under for receptions than Shepard? I'm not. I'm not willing to put it in the seventy range. I think we have to be in the sixties for him. Well, I, or do you think so, it should be higher? Well, I'm, I'm. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at personnel. Okay, these are your three wide receivers. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who is my slot? I think it, well. I think Tate and Shepard can rotate in that spot, right? Okay. So, but the given is Slayton is as the outside receiver. Slayton's your X, right? If, you, so, if this team has which, an X receiver, it's Slayton. And in this vertical passing game that Jason Garrett brings, I agree he's going to get a lion's share of the deep passes. So if he does connect on many of those, his average per catch is going to be higher, mm-hmm. but um, he's not going to get as many receptions. So. I'm going to go lower on the receptions, higher on the yards. I agree. So, okay, so let's use this as a guide then. Shepard's at 65 and a half. How many, what do you think a fair number for Slayton is, like 62 and a half? I'm saying in the, oh, 50s is too low, right? I mean. I mean, would it shock me? No. If he got if he finished you with 59 catches, would that surprise me? It wouldn't. Do you want to go like 61 and a half? 62 and a half? How about 60 and a half? You want to go 60 and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Bump that to 61 and a half. Okay. I think if, if, if people hear, oh, he only has to get 60, I think everyone's going to pick over. So I like to try to, you know, do like the, you know, yeah. the, the math tricks. Receiving yards is interesting. I see, I think 50, I, I could see him leading the team in receiving yards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you want to, we put for Tate, we put 900. For Slayton, you want to do like 915, 905, something like that? Well, 9, 918. Because if let's say he averages 15 yards per catch like he did last year, right? That would come out to over 900 yards at 61 and a half catches. Well, let's do it this way. If we have a projection of 38, what do we do for Daniel Jones? 3,800 yards. Mm-hmm. 3950. All right, so 3950, and we divide that by three receivers. Ah, uh, don't forget the tight ends and the oh, running backs. Okay, okay, but hold on, 3950. Divided by, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go four and a half. Just, just okay. play with mm-hmm. me here. Three thirty-nine fifty divided by four. Jeff's using his real estate math skills here. Um, thirty-nine fifty divided by point <laughs> oh four five. It's eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. This is great radio. Math on the radio is what everybody tunes in um, for. I got 900, I think is too, I think, I think I like nine. I like 900 right at the 900. I, this is, I don't know. This is hard because I'm giving Golden Tate nine. What do we give him? Nine. I'm going to give him nine. Oh, I'm going to put him in nine, 10. I'm going to make him a little bit higher than Tate. And we gave Golden 900. Yep. And we gave Sterling Shepard. 720. 99 is 18. I think that's about right. I think that's about right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Touchdowns. I think he'll lead the team in touchdowns. I think he will, too. Do you want to put six and a half for that? Sure. Or do you want to make it as much as seven and a half? He made eight last year on 14 games. Really only, like you said, like 11 maybe playing. All right. So let's do seven and a half for that. Okay. I'll take you over. All right. So you're going under on 61 and a half receptions, right? Mm-hmm. You're going over on the touchdowns and over under nine ten receiving yards. I'm going to go over. Over, okay. Then we they pick a good number. Then awesome. All right. Do you want to try to do the tight ends and knock them out here? I think we can. Yeah, there's only a couple. A caller just came in. Caller, we'll get to you after we do the two tight ends. So we'll do this. Try to try to do this a little bit quicker here. Evan Ingram. Now this is tricky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Because you don't know how many games you, Evan Ingram is don't. going to play. You just don't. And it's going to be even tougher with Caden Smith when we do him because who knows how many snaps he's going to play. So um, in 15 games in his rookie year, Evan Ingram caught 64 passes. He caught 45 last year and 44 in 2019. So if you assume, let's say he plays 13 games or 12, if you really want to make it an easy number to calculate, 
I think you got to put his reception totals in the 50s. I think asking for 60 is a lot given his injury history, right? So how about like 57 and a half, 56 and a half? Um, I like the number. I will go over that number. So should I make it higher then? Should I go like no, 58 but, and a half? No, I, I think the number's good considering 44 and 45 receptions in the last two years with eight games and 11 games. Okay, so I'll make it 57 and a half. How about that? Yep. Jeff's I want to go over because I, I, I just I know that Jason Garrett's offense will feature the tight end. All right, and, how, about, how about yards? I think that's interesting, Jeff. There's, yards per, uh, his yards the last three years, 467, 577, 722 in his first year. Anywhere from 10.6 to 12.8 yards per catch. Okay, here's what I'm here's here's how I'm going to base my whole numbers on Evan Ingram, and it's an outlier. He's going to be healthy this year. He's he's a contract year, okay? That makes a difference, you well, know. He has his fifth, he, remember the Giants did pick up his fifth year option for next season, so they control oh, they him for okay, one more right. year after this. Well, still, it's still it still is good to be healthy. Of course, um, I I like him at. 900 yards. Whoa. Eight, no, go 850. Whoa. Jeff, that is a lot of yards per catch there. Well, considering the number was at 50, what was it? 50 57 something? and a half? Yeah, that, okay, so I can't go that high if with the, that less receptions. But you figure, I, you figure he's going to average around 11 yards per catch, right? Give or take, or even 11 and a half if you want to get greedy with it. If he catches 65 balls, you're looking at around 700. So I think you got to put it in the 700 range. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I actually, I actually think I want to bump up the number of receptions. Okay, so why don't we make it? But, but I don't have. It doesn't have to be my number. I'm going to go over whatever number it is, um, because I actually think he's going to be in in the in the in the mid to right. low high sixties. Yeah, because we are the game we have played is that we're assuming the guy's going to play, right? Mm -hmm. Play all his games. Yeah. Because that's right, so what I'm I said gonna... to preface my whole thing. I said, I'm going to go. I'm an outlier. He's going to play all the games. Mm -hmm. He's going to have 60, 67 to 70 receptions, and he's going to have anywhere between 8 and 850 yards. All right, so I'm going to make it 59 and a half on the number. For receiving yards, I'll make it 715, okay? okay. And you're going to go over on both? Yes. Okay, how about touchdowns? 3, 3, and 6. 4 and a half. Okay. And you're going over on that? I am because I think he's going to have five. You know what? Really, you think? See, I was gonna make it five and a half. All right, that's fine. We can do over on that. Well, make it five. I was make gonna make, make it, it five it. and a half. I think, I think five and a half is is a harder number to pick than a four and a half. Okay, well, if it's a harder right? number to I pick, think then four, that's the right number. I think so. Okay. So five and a half. You going and over I will that? go over. Okay. I will go over. I'm gonna go over that too. Actually, I think he will lead the Giants in receiving touchdowns after. Yeah, One little know. nugget about Evan Ingram that I that I know a lot of people don't realize is mm -hmm. that last year. He did not play a single game with all of the receivers in the lineup. Nope. There was uh, there was somebody out of the lineup. He was out of the lineup. They were out of the lineup. And I think that because of everything that's going on, him rehabbing this offseason, he's going to come into camp healthy, and the season's going to start with him healthy. God bless him. That he'll have all, all these guys together. Um, that's going to mean a lot. And so we'll see. But that's so, it's interesting. Not one game did he have every receiver healthy, and he was on the field. All right, Caden Smith, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, he played nine games, okay, 31 receptions in nine games. He had a good year last yeah, year. He, Nobody knew about this guy. A lot I mean, of those were without Evan Ingram, though. So you figure his numbers are going to drop. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can give him much more than, like, 40 catches. I think that's the most you could give him. I think that might even be high. I, no, I, I agree. I think that that's the most I could do. So you want to go to 35 and a half? I can do that. And, uh, and yardage, um, maybe put it at an even 250. 35 and a half. Let's see, averages nine yards per catch. How about like 310, 315? Not 310 is good. Let's do 310. Okay. Or th you know what, let's do 300 flat. How about that? Okay. And then touchdowns. Remember, those, those like secondary blocking tight ends can, can steal those touchdowns. You're on well, play yeah, action I mean, at the goal at line, Ellison. they leak out. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know, over under three and a half? Three? How about two and a half? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I think three. Mm, let's go two and a half. Two and he a half. had three last year in nine games without Evan Ingram. All right, let's go three and a half. Let's go three and a half. All right, so you're going over or under 35 and a half catches. I'm going to go 
under the catches. Okay, 300 receiving yards? I'm going to go – wow, that's a good number. I'm, I'm actually going to go under that. Okay, and touchdowns. I, and touchdowns, I, I'll go over. All right, there you have it, folks. We have our over-unders <laughs> Put all those year. things in there. <laughs> oh, well, we're going to track them. It's going to be fun, and we'll figure out at the end of the year. Hopefully we get 16 games in, knock on wood, and uh, we will kind of go from there. All right, and folks. Ho- and hopefully our intern that we have will put all these numbers together for us, John. Yes, the intern known as Lance Meadow with his Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. He will be. I have it all. I have. All, I have it all in my notebook, frankly. Good. So okay, because I don't have. I'm going to be the one that has to track it. All okay. right, nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Let's go to our first caller. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on with Jeff and Schmelk. Good morning, gentlemen. It's Charlie from Portland, Hello, Charles. Maine. What's up, Charlie? <laughs> You could be a little more enthusiastic on that other end. No, hey, Charlie, uh, not really. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you got? Charlie? I don't. I don't. I got a couple of things, but the first thing is, why do you do half? Like uh, forty. Well, the reason we do happy is because we no don't want ties. Yeah, we don't want ties and pushes. Oh, uh, okay. That's the only I was going to say you can't have a half yard or a half no. of a touchdown no. or half or whatever. Okay, I understand. We do it perf- perf- purposely to avoid having ties. Okay. All right. All right, I got two things. One thing is the good thing about not having any OTAs and mini camps and all that. Guess what? Nobody was injured because mm-hmm. we always have a bunch of injuries, right? Unfortunately, and, uh, history dictates that that will not be the case when guys get back for uh, training camp when they haven't been in a team environment for the past eight months. And Jeff can speak to that. Yeah, it's a different game. Yeah. I mean, your, your body has to get in tune to training. And, and so there's got to have a breaking-in period. And using mini camps and OTAs, that's what that's all about. Even though after all that's over, Charlie, the team takes off five weeks, the guys are still training, right? But, right. I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a – you're going to have to be real, real careful with when this does start up and how they're, how they're eased into these things. And I don't think yeah, they're going to have much time. That's my second point. I think the teams who have the, the best ideas on how to – take care of, prevent soft tissue injuries is going to come out really good and start off the season really quick. Mm-hmm. And unless teams understand how to stop calf injuries in ham hammies all the time and, you know, everything that the Giants always seem to have, and a lot of it to me is like, you know, guys are pumping up and they're doing their weights, but what happens is your muscles tighten. They get really, really tight, really strong, and then you have ligaments and little muscles that are beside them that aren't getting exercise, that aren't getting be more elastic. So when that power of that muscle explodes, you don't, you're not pulling the little muscles, you're not pulling the, you know, the ligaments, and you've got to be able to know how to stretch those. To compensate for the, the power I can't believe I'm saying this, muscle. but Charlie, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And listen. And you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. So, Craig Fitzgerald is the new strength and conditioning coach. Um, yep. He's up against the wall this year, right? Because this is all new to him. Um, all these players are doing these Zoom workouts on their own. They're not not monitoring these guys. You know, they're not. They're all different, doing different stuff. So, you don't know. Each player is different. There's guys that can that stay healthy all the time that are very elastic that can just you know go out there and then there's guys that have really tightness all the time, so it's a tough job for the strength coach to kind of work something out that they understand. Each one of them is different, Charlie. Every player there's a different workout. Every player has different stuff that they do before and after and during practice. Like there's guys right. that have to stretch after practice because they tighten up so much. If they don't, just over time that's going to be a problem. Well, there's some right. guys that are gumpy. They don't need to do any of that stuff, you know. Right. So it's, it's, quite a, it's quite an effort that's going to be – has to be done here with these players and the coaches to get on the same page in such a short time, and you just hope that it can work itself out. It really does. Yeah, it's well, that, that's why th- things like Pilates and yoga help with those things. Of, of course. Keeping yeah. – you know. And, and, by, by the way, can, and by the way, the Giants have done yoga the last uh, – as far as I can remember, to be quite honest with you. Sure. Well, and, and also, you've got to remember about yeah. nutrition and hydration. Yeah, there, exactly. Is there certain guys that are really good about it. There's certain guys mm-hmm. that aren't good about it. And there's certain guys that just, like, I'll give you an example. David Deal was the most just 
he, he would sweat like I've never seen anybody. He would take like two bags of IVs at halftime. And by the way, <laughs> if, if, if you watch him on camera doing TV, he still <laughs> sweats more than anybody. <laughs> so, you know, those guys are the guys that are dangerous. I love you, Dave. Because they're the ones, they are the yeah. ones that, that you ha they get to pull muscles. Because all of a sudden you get a Charlie horse, no pun intended, you get a Charlie right. horse and it's like it's done. You got a pulled muscle. Uh, you could be out for a few weeks. All right, Charlie. Yeah. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for the call. <laughs> I want to make sure we clear the line. We can't put other people on the line. I love it. Get on Charlie understands his position. It's when it's time to go, it's time to go. That's good. Well, I thought Charlie actually made a good point. I think he's right. And, Jeff, we talked about this before. You go back to the lockout year in 2011. They were just according to the statistics and the math. You know, there were more soft tissue and general injuries that year than any other year the past decade. And if you're a team, you are looking at the, that study. You're looking at those numbers, and you're, and you're coming up with an idea of how to combat those and make sure it doesn't happen again. And by the way, theoretically, this could be worse, right? Because at least back in 2011, these guys can go to gyms. That's right. They can get together with their teammates and work right. out on their own. You, yeah. Because of social distancing and all the other protocols that have been put in place to keep people safe, mm -hmm. you know, they haven't been able to do that this year. So it's going to be a real, real challenge. Yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of these guys, linemen, I mean, other than kickers, <laughs> I mean, we do work out. I mean, but, but weightlifting is not a priority for us. It never was. But for the linemen and linebackers and these guys, the defensive ends, you've got to lift weights. And not everybody has thousands of pounds of weights hanging around in their garage. You know, so I'm just curious to how these guys are actually doing it. You know, it's, it's got to be archaic. I don't know. Did they go out and buy, you know, every weight there was at Dick's Sporting Goods? <laughs> well, the Giants, no if players didn't need equipment, I think the Giants were trying to help them out with getting mm -hmm. gear to their houses. Oh, that's nice. But, okay. you know, even so, I mean, you got some of, you know, some of these guys. It's not that's like, what I'm saying. Especially like, the guys that haven't made a lot of money yet. They don't have these, like, palatial estates with, like, yeah. they have, like, full-court basketballs and, or you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're in their apartments. Or they're in their parents' house. Yeah. Daniel Jones is living at home with his folks. That's right. Yeah. Probably lifting weights in the garage. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta make, you gotta do the best you can. But it's, sometimes it's not easy. <clears throat> Where do you get all that weight? I'm telling you, some of these guys squat like 800 pounds. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's like I don't know how many 45 plates on each side. That's a lot. And by the way, if you're squatting that much, you can't exactly have like your, you know, 18 year old sister or your 70 year old dad spotting for you either. It doesn't. It's oh, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and by the way, you gotta have something that's gonna hold that type of weight too, like a rack. You know, like a big metal rack. <laughs> it's like, wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, but look, injuries are going to be a factor. And that's something that I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to contradict myself. I'm going to say those are things you can't control, but I guess in some ways you can, right? Well, Sometimes you just get unlucky, like a guy can break an ankle. It's not like you can, you yeah. know, do proper offseason training, and that's going to prevent a broken ankle. But, you know, hopefully the Giants will be able to – to do what they need to do to avoid those, you know, the calf injuries, the hamstrings, the quads, you know, the obliques, yeah. you know, the, the glutes, you know, all those different things to try to avoid that, th those type of soft tissue injuries, which, you know, can really hurt you. I think the biggest identifier here, if you will, is the fact that you're going to have to sit down with each one of these players and, and they need to be honest with you. And you need to say a couple of things. Number one, how hard have you been working out? This isn't, you're not going to get in trouble test here. I need to know how long, how, how hard you've been working out, how much you've been running, and give me a true, true, I need a true answer. And then the other thing is, let's talk about your history. Let's talk about where your injuries have been in the past. Have they been soft tissue? Have, you, have they been broken bones? What have they been? Each guy has to, under, we have to understand this. So now, we kind of build a program to that type of player. Okay, so if, if you're Sterling Shepard, and, you, and, and this is, I'm not saying this is his injuries, but I'm just making a case. I won't even use Sterling Shepard. I'll use a guy by the name of John Reynolds, the ride receiver. And he's, he's constantly has had hands, hamstring problems. We've got we to gotta think about that. We've got to take, take that into consideration with this guy coming back. If we're going to have a program where all of a sudden we're going to all of a sudden start running like crazy, we better make sure we know about John Reynolds. And he's very, he's very, he's very uh, what do you want to say? We've got to be careful with him. You know what I'm saying, John? I do. Look, you just have to. You just have to be careful. I mean, that 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 that's pretty much all you can do, and and do your best to get these well, guys ready. Well, here's the problem. I can tell you this, because coaches are coaches, and those coaches are just chomping at the bit to coach to get out on that field and get these guys going, and that's where you got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit too as a coach. 
You just can't come in there and expect these guys to be, you know, like we've had a whole offseason. And that you got to be careful there. You really do. And I'm sure they're talking about all this stuff. Yeah, but again, a lot of it really has to do with how the players are, you know, keeping up with them on, on you know, on their own without people, you know, yep. tracking them pretty much. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. 201. I'm sorry. 973-667-1960. You said that old number uh, for so many years. Started 973, and we will be again hopefully sooner than later. 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you can. Uh, one thing that I want, I'm going to touch on this with Lance and Paul on Friday's show. And Jeff, I want to get your take on it because, you know, Paul and Lance have been talking a lot about with the Giants linebackers, who's playing strong side, who's playing weak side. And for the fans out there that don't understand that, the strong side linebacker generally plays over the tight end. The weak side linebacker <clears throat> does not. So the weak side linebacker is more free to run after the football, right? But to me, that designation isn't as important anymore, especially with three, four outside linebackers, and here's why. Yeah, they might line up in their base defense, the 3-4 in a strong side, weak side type of formation, Jeff. But at this point, that's 20% of the plays. And then you get to them putting their hands in the dirt and being edge rushers. And all of a sudden, they're a defensive lineman. You know, they're not going to necessarily line up strong and weak then. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll probably just line up right and left at that point, right? You agree with yeah. that? I do, because I think it's all about scheme. Like you said, I mean, like Carter, Lorenzo Carter being a weak side linebacker, he could put his hand in the dirt and rush from that position, right? But he could also move to the other side if he had to, too. I agree with you, 100%. Yeah, so I, I don't think strong side, weak side is necessarily important. The interesting one to me, Jeff, and I it's think— It's a definition. They have to have right. it in, in the scheme that they run. They've got to define the player, but— you know, it doesn't mean that they have to play that position. Now, generally speaking, and maybe you, maybe I'm wrong about this, I don't feel like teams rotate their pass rushers or defensive ends based on where the tight end is, right? Like, Demarcus Lawrence is going to play left end for the Cowboys. That's his position. You know, Von Miller and, and Khalil Mack generally will play left end for, for their teams because that's their position. I don't see pre-snap generally guys rotating and changing where they are based on the tight end alignment. Do you? No, and I, I wonder if it just goes back to the old days where the tight end usually lined up on the right side. You know, and that's why you had a weak and a and a and a, and a you know a, a strong and a weak side line, um, linebackers. You and that really saying? and that really is not the case anymore. No, and so I, that's why I say that. I think it's just a, I think it's just a, a it's a name. It's not necessarily meaning that you do play that all the time, but. Um, no, they're, you know, listen, they don't switch sides. They very rarely switch sides. If anything, they go inside. You know what I mean? Like they'll just move. If they're a weak side linebacker, they'll, they might move inside into a, a certain technique to play there, but they're not going to switch and go all the, on the other side, all the way on the other side all the time. They don't do that. No, they don't. I agree. Otherwise, you see a lot more pre-stamp movement, which I don't think you really see. But, yeah, I was just saying I thought it was kind of interesting um, with, with their discussions. With the linebacker position, to me, Jeff, what's more interesting is and I think this is a fun thing to talk about. I want to kind of dedicate a whole show to it, but we can touch on it briefly here before we say goodbye. And then we got to play. Did you know Jeff Eagles? Mm. Who's go? Who's going to be that second nickel linebacker with Blake Martinez? You know, is it going to be Ryan Connolly? Is it going to be David Mayo? Are they going to move Peppers into that spot and play kind of like a big dime or small nickel and have Love and McKinney play safety? You know, how are they going to handle that second linebacker in that five defensive back formation that, you know, teams kind of use as their primary defense now? I mean, could it be Crowder? I mean, uh, it, could, it could be. I mean, it could, I or Brunson, right? Mm -hmm. Or even the young guys. You know, I know they're, they're all seventh-round draft picks, but they're pretty athletic. Um, I think that's asking a lot, but, it's, you know, it's not especially with no offseason, but it's not impossible. Not impossible, but I think if in Ryan Conley, we don't know. I mean, has, has he going to be really healthy to come back and play? You hope so. Um, Zimenez is a guy that you know can play. He can play on third down. Um, you know, move him in there. I don't. My my question would probably be Mayo. I think Mayo would be your guy. He See, had a pretty good year last yeah, year. Yeah, I feel like Mayo's really good against the run. I don't. I don't know if I like him in coverage, but if you use him a certain way and you have Martinez do the zone stuff and. You know, Mayo's more of that pass rusher, run guy. I guess that could work. I think Connolly, if he gets healthy, would be the perfect fit for that spot, in 100%. my opinion. 
Yeah, 100%. Or it might just be another line. It might be a safety that comes in and plays that position. Do you like Peppers in that kind of nickel hybrid linebacker safety role? I think it depends on the matchup, right? I mean, not not every day um, because I just don't think that he's that – I know he's a better he's, – he's better than you think he is in coverage, but I just don't trust him enough to be the guy that you're going to put in there. I don't. You know what? Although he is a defensive uh, – that's a good question. Because John. he kind of played that role in college, right? Where he yeah. was kind of like that undersized linebacker. Yeah, and he, he he can cover better than a linebacker. So I guess that answers the question. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him in there. Yeah, I mean, look, he's only like 200, what, 10 pounds, Peppers? You don't want him, you know, banging in there and, you know, filling holes and taking on linemen. That, that's not going to work. But he can tackle. But he's yeah, a box he, safety. He, he can, can run sideline to sideline. If you have to blitz him, he could definitely from that position, and he can cover. So what's the alternative? You look at you look at Ryan Conley. Are you are you more impressed with him doing those three things rather than Peppers? Yeah. The question is is that if teams decide to run out of their three wide receiver sets, which forces the defense into sub package at the nickel, do you want him there as your second linebacker? Like for example, the Cowboys are going to use Jeff. 11 personnel, which for the fans that don't know, is one, one, one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers as their base personnel, right? They have CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup. They're going to want those guys on the field as much as they possibly can. And you know that they're also going to try to run the football a lot. So they're going to run a lof, an awful lot out of those you know, three wide receiver packages. So do you want Peppers to be that second linebacker trying to stop Ezekiel Elliott when the Cowboys are trying to run the ball down your throat. That's the type of thing that you need to try to figure out. Yeah, and I and again I think it goes I, I think it goes game by game and personnel. I mean like like if they're playing the Cowboys that do you I I don't want I don't want Peppers in there in that type of situation. In that case you would want Mayo in there. Yeah. Right. And, and so maybe we go to a different you know, next week it's a different team where we don't have to worry about that so much. Then maybe I take a chance with having him in there. Yeah. On a day by day, game game by game basis and by the way that's what this coaching staff has preached so that's right. hopefully that's yeah. something we will see well and it, and it makes sense right i mean i don't have to stick with what i did last week just because i mean i i want to change it because of matchups and personnel groupings so you know and again on same thing with the receipt with the defensive backs i mean you know you might come in there one game where you have five sometimes you might have seven in there i don't it doesn't matter just I- Let's go back to the phones, Jeff. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. We had one call. It's been Charlie. It's yeah. Been, so we've know, had non- so we've had like a negative one. Uh, next caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on the line with John and Jeff. Hey, John and Jeff. This is Don from Texas. Don, what's Hello, up, Don. buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, guys. I got a question for you, John, and I have two for Jeff, and then I'll okay. take it off the air, guys. Sure, go ahead. So, yep. John, I know you're a film guru. I know you uh-huh. watch film. You break it down. I am a huge. I was a huge fan of Minka Fitzpatrick. Yes, I am now a huge fan of Xavier McKinney. I want mm-hmm. you to talk me down from this ledge of a little bit because watching Patrick Graham's defense last year, I want to I want to know what you may have seen on film that led Patrick Graham to allow Minka Fitzpatrick to not be happy in the role he was in because I don't want that to happen to McKinney. Mm-hmm. Now look, very- I, I, Don, maybe you studied this. I didn't. Where was he positioned mostly last year when he was in Miami? Minka was he a, like a straight up slot corner for them? What did he do for them? No, he was. He was playing like three levels, three different positions. What I saw, Johnny, they they had him in the box a lot. Now, I don't know if that's because they were getting rid of people and he just needed to fill in roles or whatever was happening in Miami, but eventually it led to his demise and he wanted out. And Graham was the defensive coordinator of that. I just want to make sure that doesn't happen to McKinney, and I hope something gets learned from that. Now, he was playing in the box expecting to hit, like, like hit down line, like what Peppers would be playing. So I just want to see if there was anything you may have seen, and obviously not you answered it already, but I just don't want that to happen to our second-round draft pick because he's a really good player. Well, let me and see I here. kind of lean on history to see something like that, and well, I just hope Graham learns from that. I'm looking right now. Uh, this is why Pro Football Focus, I know people, Giant fans get annoyed with them, and this is why it's great for me. Last year with Miami, and I'm trying to see when he switched teams. I guess it was after week six? Or I six, it was six. Six? Yeah. So for Miami, let's see. Mostly he played last year. Uh, detailed positions. Okay, this is what exactly what I'm looking for here. He actually played free safety primarily um, yeah. for the Dolphins, so he was playing deep more often than not. He played slot corner about, it looks like, a quarter of the time, and then in the box, like, a little less than that. 
Um, he's yeah. So he was mostly a deep safety for them. That to me, quite frankly, Don is where I would use Xavier McKinney. That's yeah, where I, I so, like yeah. him. To me, his tape. Look, he can cover tight ends out of the slot, but I don't want him covering wide receivers in the slot, in my opinion. So I like him as a deep safety where he can read the field, play sideline to sideline. And based on how Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge talked about him off the press conference uh, after they picked him, that's how I think they see him too as a guy that can cover the deep part of the field. So I like that role for him. And I, unless you like Julian Love in that spot, which I can see, I don't see another safety on this team that's going to play that role well. So that's where I would put him more times than not. Yeah, you can't be hurt with having that many options. It's a good thing to I have agree. that many options. A Love, a McKinney, a Peppers. It's a good thing to have that problem. So, What's your questions and, for Jeff, Don? Jeff, I have two questions for you, one okay. on the offense and one on the defensive end. Because there's no live training camps and there's no real in-person practice, what do you think? The two positions for me, first the offensive line, it's super, it's super important that they're playing together, getting some mm-hmm. camaraderie. 100%. What do you think they're doing that they're not able to meet live to help with that for that side of the ball? And for the other side of the ball, for the Giants last year, a huge problem was tackling, and I'm sure Georgia, Joe Judge knows all about that. See, I compare tackling to, like, playing basketball, de- playing defense in basketball. You have to want to do it. You have to want to tackle. You have to want to play defense in basketball to be good at it. Since they're not doing live, what do you think they can do in the offseason to improve that as well? Thanks, guys. Well, hey, thank You're you, Don. Great call. Thanks for calling. Offensively, the offensive line, I think that the, all you can do is study film and just together understand – um, you know, if we get a front and we're playing this defense, you know, and then we go down the line on the Zoom calls. Okay, what, what's the call here? And that's the – you kind of get a – you can simulate it through through on Zoom or whatever they use, right? You can just say, you know, watching film. There's cut-ups and they're doing whiteboard stuff, and that's all you can do. That's all they can do. Um, and you're right. The, the more that they get together, the better off they're going to be because they, they figure out they get to know each other. They get to know their mannerisms. They get to know kind of that sixth sense. Uh, this guy's going to pick this guy up even though I didn't say anything. Um, defensively about tackling, <laughs> unfortunately, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, that's just all practice. That's all technique, and that's all want. Uh, there's nothing that they can do about that right now. I think maybe when they get back on the field, they work on that you know, extraordinarily every single day with those little tackling dummies without hurting the other guys. But you know, these, these guys, it's, it's, you're right. I think the big part about it is wanting to tackle. And I think that some of the personnel that the Giants have went out and got are, are guys that can tackle. Go look at some of their stats in college. They're all good tacklers. It's a good point. Did you play with Jeff Fiegel? 22 years. Lots of players. He remembers none of them. Now, Jeff's been doing really good at this game. For you folks that don't know, I give Jeff random names, and he gets to decide whether or not he played with these guys. And he has to get two out of three right. Um... His whether you play with them, of course, has to get that one right, but he also has to get right either the team he played with them or the position the player played. So and it seems so easy. No, uh, well, it, you've been doing well. I, I feel like I'm running, right. I'm running out of names that you don't remember, which is a problem. All right, <laughs> you were ele- you're eleven and seven in 2019. Okay. So, All right. or this is at least since the quarantine started. So, let's see how many names do I have picked out here for you. I got four names picked out. Of, uh, right. Three looks like. Okay, not I do have four. Sorry. Here we go. These are the ones I was going to do last week, and we ran out of time. Sure. So we got two minutes. Let's get through them. Car- uh, Jeff, did you play with Carl Dunbar? <laughs> You're going to be so mad. He was a long snapper? No, he was not a long snapper. But, yes, I did play with Carl Dunbar. Okay. Where did you I, play with him? In Arizona. And he was a defensive line coach. Oh, he's actually a defensive lineman, and he's also a longtime NFL coach now. Bingo. <laughs> Bing. He only played three NFL years. I didn't think you'd remember. He only played four games in 94 and 95. Mm-hmm. Good job, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I know, yeah I'll um, tell you off the air why, why I know that name and why. Oh, so. boy. It's a story you can't tell now. I guess I, I could, but I just don't want to. Okay. Did you play with Jack Brewer? Did you play with Jack Brewer? <laughs> well, you are really hurting. <laughs> you are really str- You better start throwing some basketball names in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Hello. My, I was laughing so hard my microphone fell off the stand. Uh, Jack Brewer. Yeah. Personal protector with the Giants. He played here. He was a safety. Absolutely. Next one. I'm not happy. I know you're not. That's why I said you're not going you're gonna to start picking some basketball. I'm not happy. Did you play with... Oh, wait. Where's the other name here? Hold on. 
Did you play with um, Tim Witherspoon? Tim Witherspoon. No. No, I did not. Ding, I, I, ding, there, ding, there's ding. Been some with, there's been some Witherspoons in the league. Yes. You, play you did not play with Tim Witherspoon. Uh, boy, I'm just getting hammered today. See, this is, <laughs> I'm going to just quit because this is no fun. This is I no know, fun. And it's no fun, too, for a couple reasons because I'm winning. The second thing is that you don't have to button to hit. Wah, wah, yeah, I wah. don't. That, that is also true. All right, <laughs> final one, Jeff. Did you play with Elgin Davis? Did you play with Elgin Davis? I remember the name. I remember the name. Um, I don't think I played with Elgin Davis. No, I didn't. I just remember the name for some reason. Wah, wah, wah. I did. Damn yes, it. you did. You played with Elgin Davis uh, with the New really? England Patriots oh. in 87-88. Oh, wow. He was a running back. He did have nine carries for 43 yards and played in nine games. Elgin Davis. And you know what? I was afraid of this one because he actually did have 11 kick returns. And I thought hmm. you might remember him because he nope. was a special teams player. I remember the name. I just don't remember if I – I remember the, the name. I just did not remember if I ever played. It was on any of my teams with me. All right, Jeff, it's 105. we got to run, my friend. Oh, good my stuff. goodness. Fun All games. right, good stuff, You're John. Thank you, for everybody. Fun. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed the over-unders. I'm going to put Lance and Paul to the test on those nice. when we do our show on Friday. We'll see you then or we'll see you tomorrow on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile App. Everybody have a great day.